Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today we are so excited that you are tuning in to Tableland Explorers. Today is going to be an awesome show. And we have Noah and Ethan back in the studio with us today. Boys, how have you been? It's been a while since you've been here. What have you been up to? Um, Not much really, just school and um, a bit of work, but not much else really, yeah. Yeah, so what um, work have you been doing? Oh, just sheet work. Just, oh, yep. Yeah. Mainly school, just doing maths and English. Yeah, maths and English doesn't sound like a lot of fun. So does it take you all day to do your schoolwork because you're homeschooling? No, not all day. We Because um, of homeschool, you've got a certain amount of work that you need to get done. So I often do extra, which takes me a bit longer. Yep. But um, it's never the whole day that I'm doing it, really. Yep. So then what do you do for the rest of your day? Um. Oh, I do different stuff, go for walks up the paddock, or go for yep. swims in the dam, just different stuff that no one else does because it's freezing. Fair enough. Yeah, the dam would be cold this time of the year in Gaira. Yep, I think I'm the only one on the entire planet that likes swimming when it's snowing. Well, there you go. I'm pretty sure some people do, but probably not a lot of people around here. Probably not. So, Ethan, what have you been up to? I haven't been up to much, basically the same as Noah over here, just schoolwork, work, work. Yep. Uh, got to knuckle down now, I'm in year 11, so got to get more yep. studying in between work, so you know. Yeah, I bet that must be a bit stressful. Now, do you go to school or do you do your school at home like Noah? Uh, no, I go to school, but um, with the TAFE course I do, I do some at home. So Yeah. How are you going with that fitting in work and school? So I'm pretty fortunate. Um my work doesn't require me to be there by four. Like yep. some places like Maccas and KFC, they want you to be there by four and then till whenever your shift ends. I can go from either five and six and go until closing time. Yep. So usually I have two hours to sit down and just look over what I've done or just do a bit of my assignments and then I can get ready for work. Yeah. Nice. What do you do for work? Uh, I work at a pizza place, uh, the Ooh, singing yum. chef in Glen. So yep. I do dishwashing and making pizzas. Nice. I love pizza. It's like my favorite food. Oh, it's, I think it's better than having fast food because it's actually filling. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, Luke, what have you been up to, mate? Well, my week's been busy as usual. You know, I have a number of Bible studies each day. On Wednesdays here in Gaira, I'm at the ad op shop for a couple hours in the afternoon. And then on Thursdays, I'm in Armadale at our Food Blessings Ministry where we have food from Food Bank and we are able to sell and give some uh, free food to people that are in need. Oh, that's good. And that does take um, a little bit of my time in all these things that I do. And then you got to fit in all the other pastoral things that I have to do during the week. Fair enough. So uh, how are the Bible studies going? The Bible studies are going good. We are having a few baptisms soon, so that's really good. We've got young people that are giving their lives to Jesus, so that Mm. has been an absolute blessing. And some are just new. Some are learning about the gospel, learning about what Jesus has done done for them. So, yeah, it's been really good. I'm really enjoying it. Well, that's good to hear. It does keep me busy. And then we have preparing and recording this show for our listeners you know, trying to organize you guys to get here on time is, true, true. is always hard. No, it's not. It's all good. You guys are all been really good and always 
Um, what I'm actually really enjoying about this is you guys are keen on coming and, and sharing the gospel with our listeners, and that's what's really cool about it. And I really enjoy working with you two and all the other um, young people that we have on the show. It's been really good. So, Noah, you were sharing with me earlier that God really showed up in a big way for you when you and your family first moved to Armadale. Now, would you like to share with us here in the studio and share with our listeners how God showed up for you? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we um when we first moved to Armadale, before that, I'd never really, like, we used to live somewhere where we had good friends, and yep. we moved away from there, and we've been to a lot of houses, and I never really had good friends after that. You know, yep. it was always people that would bully you or make fun mm-hmm. of you um, or use you. It was never someone that was actually, you know, there to help you. Yep. You know, and then we moved to Armadale, and, you know, being... um. Like first time I went to church, there was just so many people that were so friendly, you know, so many young people that just really reached out and you sort of felt accepted. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. So, so nice to have you know friends that you know actually show that they care about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think uh, Pathfinders contributed to that as well? Oh, definitely. The amount of people I met, like you, that were at <laughs> that were at Pathfinders, it was it was really great, you know, to make new friends like that. So what was your first impression of me? Because knowing myself, I'm a bit obnoxious and a bit out there. So what did you think when you first saw me? Well, mate, I saw your hair. That's about <laughs> the first thing I saw. Because you've I got think that's this, the first thing everybody sees. <laughs> you've got this big thing of spaghetti on top of your head. <laughs> I, uh, I just, or AKA dreadlocks. Definitely. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's amazing how God can use people to help people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so what you're really saying is, you know, when you've come here, God's used the people here to make you feel welcome, to feel loved, and you're actually feeling God's presence there, and he's, like, looking out for you. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, I had, you know, my walk with God, it just improved so much after Mm -hmm. that, you know. And also, you know, people that help you grow in your walk, you know, not just good friends, but good friends that are really close to God and on the same page as you. When you've got people in your church that invest in you to be able to help you grow, then that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I just thank God so much for these people that came into my life and just really changed it. You know, if you're listening, you know who you are, and just thank you so much for everything you've done. Well, praise God. I'm glad that those people in your life too. And, you know, we all need people in our lives to help us grow. You know, the Christian walk isn't a walk we do on our own. Mm, mm. You know, like have you guys ever been in a running race? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like cross country, school, yeah. stuff like that. Now, if you are on your own and you're at the back of the race, like you're coming last, what usually happens? You kind of give up yeah. right? and you start walking. Mm. And you look at a lot of um, young young kids in schools and they're, they're running races, right? The kids that are coming last usually end up walking. Yeah. Right? But those that are at the front of the pack – or in a pack, they keep running. Yeah, they usually have like the group to motivate them, motivate, keep them going. Yeah. So yeah. when when you're in the pack, you're you're like, I'm not giving up. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. So it's the same with our Christian walk, right? If we're running this Christian walk on our own, we're going to get tired. We're going to give up. Yeah. We need to have those people around us to keep us going because they keep us going. We keep them going. You know, and we just keep running. If you're in a pack, you keep going. If you're on your own, it's a lot harder to. Keep going. And I think, you know, what you're describing here is having those people around you at church to keep you going in this race of, of running with Jesus. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Definitely, yeah. 
So guys, we are on study number 10 of the secrets of prophecy. How time flies when we're having fun. Now, if you guys have been enjoying these studies, I'll know that out of the 10 that we've done, this is, I think, your third um, study. How have you guys been enjoying them? It's been great learning, you know, more about God and about the Bible and being able to share with others has been really great. I've enjoyed it as well. Like just going through these, I think I've learned more just doing these than I probably would have just trying to study myself because I have you guys to help help me understand it if I don't understand. Yeah, and it's always good to be able to have that dialogue and to be able to talk and and share our different thoughts. Mm. So we're going to get into our study right after this break. But before we go, we would love for you to download the study guide and follow along with us. So Noah, if someone out there and listening to us wants to follow along with us, how do they do that? Yeah, well, if you want to follow along, you can text SOP10 with no spaces to 04888-80831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP10 with no spaces to 04888-80831. Today we're on study guide number 10 called Inside the Lost Ark. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith Fam, and here is Carly Fletcher with Follow the Lamb. We will keep the commandments of God through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ with patient endurance and faith.
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We're about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP10 with no spaces to 04 Our study is titled Inside the Lost Ark. Alright, so before we get into the Bible study, I will just pray that God will be with us while we study this. So uh, please close your eyes and bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you, Lord, that we can all be here today so that we may learn more about you and learn more about the secrets of prophecy, Lord. Help us here in the studio and our listeners to understand, Lord. And even if we don't understand that, we may find the answers in the Bible. In your name, amen. 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 One of the most fascinating mysteries of all time is the disappearance of the Ark of the Covenant, the most treasured of all artifacts in the Jewish temple. The Ark was covered in pure gold. It featured two beautiful angels spreading their wings to form a throne for God's presence. Yeah, and the Ark appeared to possess supernatural powers. It was associated with the presence of God. Victory in battle, drying up rivers, and causing calamities or death just by looking at it. Yeah, and you know, the final resting place of the Ark was in Solomon's glorious temple. Then, it was a shroud of mystery. The Ark disappeared. Where did it go? Who took it? Where is it now? For hundreds of years, people have searched for the Lost Ark. A secret society called the Knights Templar had a fascination for the Ark. After ten years of excavation in Jerusalem, the society claimed to have found the Ark and transported it away, possibly to Roslyn Chapel in Scotland. Yeah, do you know others also claim to have found the Ark? Archaeologist Ron White said he found the Ark in a cave under the cross of Calvary in Jerusalem. Vendel Jones, a Texan archaeologist, has been searching for the Ark most of his life. He believes he found it near the Dead Sea. The Ethiopians of Exum believe they possessed the Ark. Others think the Ark was taken to the Vatican or maybe buried with the pharaohs in the Valley of the Kings. Yeah, in the Jewish history book, the Maccabees, described the prophet Jeremiah hiding the ark in a hollow cave somewhere near Mount Nebo on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. That's found in 2 Maccabees 2, 1-8. The discovery of an ancient copper scroll near the Dead Sea shows a series of maps referring to a cave in the Valley of Achor, also near the Dead Sea. The Jewish Talmud, or Talmud, says that the ark is hidden in a chamber under the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Some rabbis claim to have seen the ark, but no evidence has come to light. You know, among all the speculation, nobody is certain where the ark of the covenant is today. What was so special about the ark? Is the search for the lost ark just a treasure hunt, or is there more to it? What was inside the ark that was so important? Why did the contents need such protection? 
In this study guide, we will discover the importance and power of the context hidden inside the Ark of the Covenant. Question 1 says, What were the contents of the Ark of the Covenant? Deuteronomy 10, 4 and 5 says, And he wrote on the tablets according to the first writing and the Ten Commandments which the Lord had spoken unto you in the mountain from the midst of the fire, in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them to me. And I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made. And there they are, just as the Lord commanded me. You know, the Ten Commandments are so important to God that he wrote them on stone with his own finger. That's found in Exodus 31.18. He then instructed Moses to place them in the holiest of all articles, the Ark of the Covenant. Deuteronomy 31 verse 26 tells us, All the other Jewish laws were written in a book by Moses and then placed outside the Ark. Mm, you're right. You know, the Ten Commandments were holy and protected inside the Ark. You know also that in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4, it tells us that there was a golden pot of manna and Aaron's rod that had budded that is also inside the Ark of the Covenant. On to question two. What does the New Testament say about the Ten Commandments? Well, Romans 7 verse 12 tells us, Therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. A common misconception today is that the Ten Commandments were only relevant for people living in Old Testament times. The commandments are considered irrelevant for those who are saved by grace living in the New Testament. Some even believe God's law is a curse and should never be kept or taught. Wow. You know, the New Testament says God's law is perfect. The commandments are holy and just and good. It is inconceivable that a holy person or a holy church would ever oppose a holy law. You know, God's law is permanent. Psalms 111, 7 and 8 says, It will stand forever and ever. All of the Ten Commandments are specifically reinforced through the New Testament by Jesus and the Apostles. Question 3 in our study says, What are the Ten Commandments? Now, the Ten Commandments are outlined in Exodus chapter 21 to 17. And we're going to go through them now in the studio so we can get an understanding of what the Ten Commandments are. So Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. There's the first commandment. And we're seeing here that the first part of this commandment is God saying, Hey, I am the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So he's really saying here, Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. Like That would make sense, wouldn't it? Like We see God leading Israel out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, Hey, I led you out of Egypt. I want to be your God. So have no other gods before me. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward if you think about it. It yeah. is. Hey, Noah, would you like to read verses 4 to 6, which is the second commandment? Yeah, sure. It says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. 
So again, this one's pretty straightforward too. It's talking. God does not want you to create any sort of image, whether that be out of clay, out of ice, or even if you mm. somehow get the air to make an image or something. Yeah, and he doesn't want an image of him either. Mm. Like, you know, he doesn't want idols to be worshipped. He doesn't want an idol of him to be worshipped mm. either. Um, that's what this verse is really saying. He just wants us to worship him and wherever we are. Yeah, you know, mm. God is a personal God. He wants us to speak to him as a friend, not as a statue. The third commandment is found in verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Mm. And, you know, this is using God's name as a swear word. Mm. You know, we see a lot of people, TV, just secular people, are using God's name in vain. Yeah, everyone just be like, oh, my God, or like, you know, something like that. Just like, just it's sort of an everyday norm. It is, you know, and it's unfortunate that, it is God whose name is being cursed like that. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, God's name is holy. He is, mm. he is our creator, and, you know, he deserves our respect. He does, and our worship. Yeah. And it also means here when it says taking the Lord's name in vain, it's like misrepresenting it. Mm. You know, if I told you to um, go tell someone, say, hey, just go tell them Luke sent you, everything's going to be all right, and then you sort of mess up and you do the wrong thing, Yeah, you've kind of – taken my name in vain and gone, hey, well, let's use his name to do something and get me in trouble. Sort of puts a stain on your reputation, you can yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you're saying you're a Christian, act like a Christian. Also, if we're saying, yep, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I don't act like Jesus, you're, that's taking his name in vain as well. Yeah. All right, the fourth commandment is found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. And it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Here we're seeing God creating a day for us to spend with him. Mm. And like you, you see in creation, like in Genesis, how mm. many days did God work? Six. And then what day did he rest on? The seventh. If it applies, if he can do it, mm. then it, surely we can too. He's giving us an example, isn't he? Yeah. He shows that we can work six and rest one. And notice it's interesting that it starts with the word remember. So for me, this is God speaking, so this has to be important. And he's obviously thinking that we're going to forget it. So he's saying, hey, you've got to remember the Sabbath. Mm, so like, And that remember just shows it was important. Mm, yep, definitely. Now let's look at the first four commandments here. Right, We've got no other gods, we've got no images, we're not taking God's name in vain, and we've got the Sabbath. Now these four commandments teach us how to love God. Right Here, in commandment one, God is asking for our affections. In number two, he is asking for our bodies, because we use our bodies to bow down images, right? Mm. And for commandment three, he's asking for our words. Right? He wants our words to be honoring him. And then on the fourth commandment, he is asking for our time. So if we have um, affections, body, words, time, these are the things that God is asking of us. Right now, if you were in a relationship, I know you guys are young and you haven't been in a relationship, <laughs> right? Um, but how many of them would you want to give up? 
Uh, well, depending on how much you love the person, you probably want to give them a fair bit of each. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be like, "Hey, you know what? Don't worry about giving me time. I'm happy with the other three. Would you be happy with that? Mm, I don't. Well, I'm not been one, but no, I don't think no, you would. no, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> just say no, no just yeah, say no, no. <laughs> because we wouldn't. If I was in a relationship and she said to me, "I will only give you three out of those four things," you know, which one would you say no to? I mean, I look at those three and go, I wouldn't say no to missing out on any of them. Like you need all four of those mm. for a relationship. So how many of them are we not going to give God? You've got to give them all. You can't have a loving and working relationship with God if you can't give him all of that. Yeah, and mm. that's exactly what he wants. He wants a loving relationship with every one of us. Yeah, and you know, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm. So in essence, he's saying, hey, if you love me, you're going to give me your affections. If you love me, you're going to give me your body. If you love me, you're going to give me your words. And if you love me, you're going to give me your time. Amen. Right? And that's how we love God. If we want to know how to love like Jesus, we want to know how to love God, then all we need to do is look at the first four commandments. Now let's move on to the next six commandments. Noel, would you like to read verses 12 and 13, which is commandment number five and number six? Sure. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Wow, how many relationships between parents and kids would actually go a lot better if people just put this into practice? A lot more. It would be. And, you know, if everyone was doing that, that means mothers and fathers are respecting their parents, which means their kids can then respect them, and you're just going to have that flow-on effect. Mm. I am. Verse 13 is commandment number 6, and it says, You shall not murder. Commandments number 7 and 8 are, You shall not commit adultery, and you shall not steal. Number 9 is, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And commandment number 10, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, these last six commandments are talking about how to love each other. You know, we can't have a relationship if I was stealing things from you. I don't think our friendship would be very good if I was planning on killing you. You know, <laughs> all these different things. Like, these six last six commandments are teaching us how to love each other. Mm. Right? We don't want to... Um, commit adultery. We don't want to steal from each other. We don't want to murder each other. We don't want to lie about each other to get the other person in trouble. We don't want to cover it against each other. Mm. These things are helping us to build relationships with each other. Mm. And they're, they're all fruits of loving each other, you know, mm. loving the first four, like you said, and the last six. They're all love. Yep. They're all love. If we truly love like Jesus does, then these will be fruits. They will be. You know, the first four... Teach us how to love God. The second, the last six teach us how to love man. These commandments are not just ten suggestions or recommendations. They are binding principles of love that provide a framework for a happy and holy life. You know, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP10 with no spaces to 048 for the PDF of today's study guide, so text SOP10 with no spaces to 04888 Today we are on study guide number 10, titled Inside the Lost Ark. 
Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is Casting Crowns with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest Upon His promise Just to know Thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus How I trust Him How I proved You more and more Jesus, Jesus Precious Jesus Oh for grace to trust Him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust Him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that He is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove You more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for Trust Him back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 10 and at question 4. Question 4 in our study says, Can you be saved by keeping the commandments? 
We find this answer in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can never be saved by keeping the commandments. We are saved completely by God's grace, which we accept through faith. Keeping the commandments is purely a love response to God, not in order to be saved, but because we are saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that when we accept the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit changes our lives. And you know, we have an intimate friendship with Jesus and we grow to love what is right and hate what is wrong. Obeying God is simply the result of a loving relationship with Jesus. You know, throughout history, the way to salvation has never changed. Mm. Even in the Old Testament times, people were saved by grace. No one has ever been saved by their works. That leads us into question five, which says, what is the role of God's law? And you know, Romans 7, 7 says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. The purpose of the law is not to save us, it is to point out our sin. 1 John 3, 4 says, sin is lawlessness. And the King James Version says that sin is the transgression of the law. You know, the law tells us what is right and wrong and thus shows us when and how we have sinned against God. This is why the devil hates the law and attacks it. Without the law, we would never look to Jesus as our saviour from sin. In fact, without the law, there would be no sin. And without sin, there would be no need for a saviour. To illustrate this, the law is like a mirror. If a boy who has played in the mud looks into the mirror, he will see dirt on his face. The mirror cannot clean his face. Only water and soap can do that. But the mirror can show him very clearly that he needs to be clean. When we look into the law of God, we will see our sin very clearly. The law cannot clean us from sin. We need to go to Jesus, who is the only one who can cleanse us and forgive us. This leads us into question six. Did Jesus support and keep the Ten Commandments? So we've got a few verses here to answer this question. Now, the first one we'll be looking at is Matthew 19, verse 17. So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. All right, and our next passage is Matthew five seventeen to 19. So that says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men, so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So these passages have told us, Jesus believed in the commandments, he taught the commandments, and he kept the commandments. Yeah, and we have seen that Jesus says that anyone who breaks the least commandment and teaches others to do the same is regarded as the lowest of the low. On the other hand, those who teach and keep the commandments are regarded by Jesus as spiritual giants. 
Yeah, you guys are so right. You know, Jesus is clear. He did not come to abolish the law. He said, think not. Don't even think that he came to destroy it, let alone say it under your breath. Or even worse, preach it. Any preacher who teaches that the law has been abolished or is no longer very important is going directly against the words of Jesus. This leads us into question number seven. Do the new commandments replace the Ten Commandments? Well, we find this answer in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. And the Bible says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When Jesus referred to the two commandments of love, they were not new. He was quoting directly from the Old Testament. He was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 and 5 and Leviticus 19:18. They were new to the Pharisees because they were trying to keep the commandments from religious duty instead of love. As a result, Matthew 23:25 tells us that the Pharisees looked good on the outside, but they were rotten on the inside. Yeah, and Jesus knew how to get to the heart of any issue. The heart of the Ten Commandments is love. So as we were discussing earlier, the first four commandments all revolve around our love for God. The last six commandments are based on the love for other people. That is why Jesus said the law hangs on the two commandments of love. To illustrate... A door hangs on two hinges. If you don't have the hinges in place, the door will be of little use. Hinges don't replace the door. They determine whether or not the door works properly. Yeah, and you know, Jesus never taught that the Ten Commandments were replaced by love. He was simply saying that any attempt to keep the commandments without love is not truly keeping the commandments. In fact, if we love God and love other people, we will naturally keep the Ten Commandments. All right, now this leads us on to question A. Does grace mean you no longer need to keep the commandments? I've got a couple of verses here that might give us some light on this question. Romans 6 verse 15 says, What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Now, the next one is Romans 3 verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Back in the days of the Apostle Paul, some people were advocating that grace and faith alleviated the need to keep the law. Paul opposed this teaching in the strongest possible way. He said, certainly not. He then added, if anything, faith establishes the law. Anyone who disregards the commandments and lives a life of sin is not under grace, but under disgrace. God's grace not only forgives, it also gives power for obedience. Yeah, you're so right there. You know, and To be under the law means to be under the condemnation of the law. To illustrate, we are not affected by the speed limit law until we break it. Then we are guilty of it. We come under the law and need to pay the penalty. If we receive grace from the policeman and he lets us off, we are no longer under the law. Yeah, and you know, the last thing you would want to do is just go speed off again, you know. The law is still in place and we would simply get booked like we should have the first time. Yeah, you're right. 
Hey guys, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP10 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP10 with no spaces to 04888880831. Today we are on study guide number 10 titled Inside the Lost Ark. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Marlita Fong with Write Them on My Heart. You have written what you want from me in stone. A reflection of your character, O Lord. So I try to keep your loss without regret But I'm easily distracted and forget So write them on my heart Seal them in my mind The beauty of your love and grace combined Yeah. 
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the secrets of prophecy, Bible study guides. And today we're exploring the Bible to find out what's inside the lost ark. In our study, we have learnt that the Ten Commandments that were written on stone by the finger of God were inside the Ark of the Covenant. The law cannot save us, but its purpose is to point us to Jesus who can save us. We have discovered that God's law is a law of love. It shows us how to love God and how to love others. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for the Tableland Explorers, or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 10 and at question 9. All right, question number nine asks us, is keeping most of the commandments acceptable to God? James 2 verse 8 to 12 will tell us this. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. The majority of our society is happy to keep most of the commandments. After all, they fit in with their moral values. Most people do not approve of stealing or murder or even adultery. Yeah, and you know, honouring our father and mother also makes sense. There are some commandments, however that God has asked us to keep purely out of love and loyalty for him. Yeah, you're right. And the Bible says that all the Ten Commandments are important, and if we break just one of them, we are guilty of breaking them all. To illustrate this, if you are hanging off a cliff by a giant chain, all it takes is one link to break and the whole chain is broken, causing you to fall. If we choose to disregard even the least commandment, we are still choosing to sin against God. Now this leads us into question number 10. From what motivation should we keep the commandments? John chapter 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Anyone who loves Jesus will naturally want to keep the commandments. This theme is not new. Right in the heart of the Ten Commandments it says, to those who love me and keep my commandments. It says that in Exodus 20 verse 6. Jesus knew that obedience from love is worship. Obedience that doesn't come from love is slavery. It is essential that all obedience comes from a love response to Jesus. Question 11 says, should we keep the spirit of the law or the letter of the law? We have two passages here. The first one is in Matthew 5, verse 21 and 22, and it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever says to his brother, Rakah, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. 
And Matthew five twenty seven and 28 says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, the spirit of the law is obedience from the heart. The letter of the law relates only to external behavior. Jesus gave a great example of the spirit of the law. He told his listeners that getting angry was breaking the sixth commandment. You shall not murder. Jesus knew that if you didn't get angry in your heart, you automatically wouldn't kill that person. Similarly, if you didn't lust after a person in your heart, you wouldn't commit adultery. Far from dismissing the commandments, the Spirit of the law ensures a much deeper and more meaningful obedience, obedience from the heart. Now, this leads us into question 12. Is obedience legalism or works? The answer is found in 1 John chapter 2, 3-4. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Legalism, or works, is trying to keep God's commandments in order to be saved, through your own efforts. On the other hand, true obedience is a natural outcome of knowing and loving God. Yeah, it is asking God to give us supernatural power for the victory and relying on God's promises, such as Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Did you know Jesus said there will be many Christians who think they are going to heaven, but don't make it? Why? Because they see obedience as irrelevant or legalism. They practice lawlessness. That can be found in Matthew chapter 7, Verses 21 to 23. We have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number on your phone, 04 888 That's 04 888 And wait for the code word that's coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. And here is City of Light with Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. What gift of grace is Jesus my
Welcome back to Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out what's inside the Lost Ark. In our study, we have learned that the Ten Commandments that were written on stone by the finger of God were inside the Ark of the Covenant. This law cannot save us, but its purpose is to point us to Jesus who can save us. We have discovered that God's law is a law of love. It shows us how to love God and how to love others. That is why Jesus asked us to keep his law, because in keeping his law, we are loving him and others. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table Land Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are in study number 10 and at question 13. Question 13 asks, Were any laws stopped at the cross? Our answer may be found in Ephesians 2 verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. There were some laws that finished with Jesus at the cross. These laws were the sacrifices, ceremonies, and feast days, often referred to as the laws of Moses. These ordinances were symbolic rituals that were generally pointed towards Jesus and his death on cavalry. Yeah, you're right. And a significant debate emerged on some of these issues in early Christian church. One of the arguments revolved around the need for circumcision, a ritual practiced by the Jews. The Apostle Paul made it very clear that there was a big difference between rituals and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7.19, Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. You know, the rituals and the ceremonies were for the Jews, and the Ten Commandments were for everyone. Alright, question 14 says, Is there a role for God's law in the New Covenant? And you know, Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God's law still has a vital role in the new covenant. The old covenant failed because it was based on weak promises of the Jews who tried to keep God's law in their own strength. See Hebrews 8, 6 to 8. The new covenant is based on the power of God's promises to take his law and place it in our heart and mind. When God does this, we obey him through his power from a loving heart. The Ten Commandments then become ten powerful promises. You will not is no longer a restriction, but an ability to live a victorious spiritual life. This new covenant experience was available in Old Testament times, just as it is today. You can find that in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verses 26 and 27. Question 15 says, Are God's commandments a burden for the Christian? We find this answer in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. The Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. The true Christian loves God's law. After all, obedience brings happiness. That's Proverbs 29.18. And the law reflects the character of God. Yeah, the commandments are only a burden to those who are either unwilling to keep them 
or to those who attempt to keep them without the presence and power of Jesus. It is impossible to effectively live the Christian life without a passion for Jesus and keeping his commandments. Now, this leads us on to question number 16. Do the commandments have a role in judgment? Our answer we'll find in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring back every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Did you know that the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, summed up what life is all about in his book of Ecclesiastes? His conclusion? Fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah, you know, there is nothing more important than this. Although we are not saved by the law, obedience is a reflection of our love for Jesus and our acceptance of his free gift. Yeah, and the last chapter of the Bible claims that it will be commandment keepers who are called blessed and who will be going to heaven. That's in Revelation 22.14. It will be the law of God that is used as a benchmark in the judgment. All right, question 17 says, How will God's church of the last days regard the commandments? Revelation 14.12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. God's last day church will possess the beautiful harmony of obedience and faith in Jesus. Throughout the Bible, it has always been Jesus and the commandments that have been the foundation for the church. Yeah, you're right. And those who are ready and waiting for Jesus to come will be those who love Jesus supremely and demonstrate their love through keeping all of his commandments. We have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number in your phone. 04 That's 04 And wait for the code word that is coming up after the break. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Lucy Gimble with her mix of I Surrender All and Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely I will ever love and trust Him to 
Explorers. We've been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out what's inside the Lost Ark. In our study, we have learned that the Ten Commandments that were written on stone by the finger of God were inside the Ark of the Covenant, that law cannot save us, but its purpose is to point us to Jesus who can save us. We have discovered that God's law is a law of love. It shows us how to love God and how to love others. That's why Jesus asked us to keep his law, because in keeping his law, we are loving him and others. Jesus wants to write his law on our hearts, because keeping his law is a love response to him. That's why God's last day people are identified by keeping the commandments of God and having the testimony of Jesus. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So from our study today, there are three points that I would like you guys to remember. The first is the Ten Commandments point out sin and tell us we need a saviour. The second, Jesus believed, kept and taught the Ten Commandments. And the third point to remember is God's church of the last days will be commandment keepers. These are the points that we have discussed and learned from our Bible study day. Do you guys in the studio here think they're a good representation of what we have studied today? Oh, absolutely. Like with the first, the Ten Commands point out sin and that illustration of the mirror. Mm. I found that's very relatable because, yep. you know, when you, when you wake up in the morning and you, before you go out, you're like, oh, how do I look? Go to the mirror. Oh, mate, there's a bit of something on my eye. Okay. Yep. So the Bible is sort of like, uh, the Ten Commandments are like that. They're sort of showing, oh, there's this that you need to work on. Mm. So it's a, it's a good um, reflection of yourself. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like what it says in the second question where it says Jesus believed and kept and taught the Ten Commandments, you know, Jesus' example is who, what we're supposed to follow, mm, and sure. he kept it better than we ever will. Mm. And, you know, because he kept it perfectly, that's what he is giving to us, mm. you know, Jesus gives us his perfect life when he wraps us in his robe of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important here to know that, hey, God's last day church, God's last day people are going to be commandment-keeping people because the commandments are a reflection of his character, mm-hmm. who he is, and it's a love response to God. You know, we look at the commandments and go, you know, it's a don't do this, don't do that. But it's really God saying, hey, if you love me, You'll do this, then you're yeah. going to do this. Yeah, exactly. and that's what it is. And mm. when you look at it that way, 
then we always respond with love. Yeah, and it sort of changes your perspective on it as well. Like we look at laws like, damn, we hate them. But then you look at some laws and they're like, well, they're sort of keeping us from harm. Yeah, for sure. So that's exactly what the Ten Commandments are doing. They're keeping us from straying too far from God. Yeah. And they're sort of keeping us in that little area where he will be able to help and protect us. Mm. Yeah. Just like discussing this, it sort of reminds me of a story. Well, it does remind me of a story. A devoted mother was having difficulty with her crying baby. An onlooker callously called out, The best way to keep that baby quiet is to throw it over a cliff. Now, naturally, the mother was shocked and disgusted. Despite her frustrations, she would not even consider killing her baby. Why? Is it because there is a law in the land that says you shall not murder? If you do, you will go to jail. Well, no. Is it because there is a law in heaven that says you shall not murder? If you do, you will deserve to burn in the lake of fire? No, not even that is a mother's motivation. Where is the law written that protects the little child? It is written in the mother's heart of love. What can we learn from this story that will help us in our understanding of obedience? You know, this story is really showing me that, you know, it is the love of the mother that is stopping her from killing her baby. It's not mm. the laws and the punishment of the laws. Yeah. You know, it is the love that she has. And we're relating this to God in going, hey, we are keeping God's law because we love him, not mm. because we have to, not because it's trying to save us. We're doing as he asks because if we love God, we're going to follow him and we're going to obey him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, if you're friends with someone and you love them, then you're going to respect them and mm. you're not going to want to murder them or hurt them. It's a fruit of loving them. Yep. So I think this story is telling us like about works and if we actually love God. So if the mother's like intent was just obeying the law, then is that really love at all? No, mm, I no. don't think so. No. So, but she truly loves the child. So she's not going to go and just chuck it out, even though it annoys her. Yeah, that's it. It's all about love, isn't it? Mm. And with that, what do you think is the secret to obedience? And how can you obey the commandments like Jesus did? Well, you know, when say, you know, what's the secret to obedience? I think it's love. You know, if we love God, then we're going to keep his commandments. So I think if we don't love God enough already, we need to spend time with him, read his word, pray, and just spend time with a friend. Like, how do you grow to love a friend or the person you're going to marry or anyone? Spend time you spend with time them. with them. Yeah. yeah. So I think we need to spend more time with God. And the more time we spend with God, the more obedient we're going to be because the more we love him. Mm. I agree with Noel with like what the secret is to obedience, love. You can't mm. just obey someone out of fear. Yeah. You've got to partly love them. Like, I mean, sure, there's some like dictatorships. You only love, you only obey them out of fear. Yeah, but is, if you're obeying them out of fear, is it really obedience? It's not really. It's just, Isn't, how can you put it? just going along it's with, just going along with, with what it, they're yeah. trying to push. But if you love someone out of your own heart, mm. you will do as they ask. Yeah, or you yeah. will do things that will help them and nurture them. Yeah, it's, it's like how Jesus, you know, when Jesus keeps, kept the commandments, he kept them so well, and it was because Jesus was his father. He had mm. such love for God more than I think we may ever have, and if we do have that, it won't be till we get to heaven. Yeah, he had that connection with the father, and I think for us, you know, I agree with you with the secrets of obedience. It is it is love, and, um, you know, we keep them like Jesus did is by knowing who he is and using him as a example. Yeah. And we can't actually do it in themselves. It is Jesus in us that is actually keeping the commandment. So it's almost like we're not actually keeping them as Jesus, keeping them in us. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So what do you guys think about how can you ensure that your commandment keeping never becomes legalism? 
Well, I think it's all about, you know, it's, you got to, if you love God and you're not, you know, I think legalism is almost like doing something to get something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're keeping all these commandments so you don't go to hell and so you go to heaven. You know, when really, if you love God, you'll keep them because you love him and not because you want a reward. Yeah. For me personally, I believe that if I keep my eyes on Jesus and just hold him close and love him, then none of what I do will be because I want to go and stay in heaven. Mm. It will be because I love Jesus with my heart, Mm. not just because in my mind, oh, yeah, if I do this and this, Jesus will let me in. Because God already uh, Jesus and God already know your intent. So they'll be like, nah, you're just doing this because you want to come and stay with us. Mm. I will be doing this out of my own heart. Yeah. It's like loving him for who he is. Mm. Because legalism is going, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments to be saved. Now, we're never going to be able to keep them like that Mm. because that's not what they're for. You know, we keep them because we love Jesus. And for me, keeping in mind that keeping the commandments of God is a love response to what he's already done for me. Mm. I can't get to heaven by my commandment keeping. That is impossible. It's impossible for anybody to get to heaven that way. We only get there through the grace of God. And, you know, this reminds me of a story where a lady, she gets married. And on her wedding night, her husband gives her a list of things that he wants her to do. You have to do this, 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 and this. And so she tries to do that to him to please him. Right, doing all these things, and it just becomes a drag and it's a weight on their relationship, and that relationship ends up breaking down. Mm. Eventually she finds somebody else and she gets remarried. Now her new husband doesn't give her a list, and both of them were serving each other and loving each other the way you know a marriage should be. Mm. And then one time while she's cleaning out the attic, she found this list that her first husband, husband gave her. And then she's realized, hang on, I'm doing all those things on that list. The difference was was she was doing it now out of love. Now, if the Ten Commandments starts becoming a burden on us, right, and you're thinking, you know what, man, I don't want to do this, this, and this, then we're doing that out of legalism. Mm. We're doing it because we have to, right? It's not doing it because we want to and out of a love relationship. Mm. And I think for me it is always understanding that when we are keeping God's law, it is about loving him. It's a response to what he's already done for us. Amen. Yeah. So, guys, is your conscience good enough to tell you what is right and wrong? Oh, oh that's a bit of a tough question, isn't it? Mm. What do you think? I I know personally that I've done some things that I regret. Yeah. But I believe that with Jesus' help, my conscience can get better and advise me against doing the things that. God would God and Jesus would not want me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the Bible and um, you know the Bible's almost like a guide, and mm-hmm. um, we need to train our conscience to be as holy and as perfect as God's. Yeah. So really, what you guys are saying is, in essence, no, our conscience isn't, but mm-hmm. with God and with Jesus indwelling in us and understanding the scriptures, then we can. So it's really going, hey, when I know what is right or wrong. I get it from the Bible. Yeah. And if it's not in the Bible, then that conscience, if we're in that relationship with God, we have the Holy Spirit um, telling us what is right and what is wrong. It's like in that story that you said about the marriage couple. Like when we spend enough t- more time with God, it will sort of become second nature to us. So doing these decisions will be like a no-brainer. Yeah, At sure. first it might be, oh, I really want to, but, you know, I shouldn't. 
But then after a while, I'll be like, yeah, no, nah, I don't even like that anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's like the law pointing out what we shouldn't do. You know, it's like the animals. The animals murder's not a thing. You know, it's yeah. what they do, and it'd be exactly the same as with us if we didn't know that it was wrong. If no one told us that murder was wrong, then we'd go around murdering people. It mm. wouldn't be a big deal. Mm. Yeah. So we do know that it is wrong, and that is why we know it from the scriptures and we know it from the laws of the land. But yeah, our conscience. You know, sometimes, you know, what is right to me may not be right to somebody else, mm. right? But we need to know that what it, what the Bible says is right is right. What it says is wrong is wrong. Yeah. So with that, what should you do if you get discouraged when you break God's law? Pray. Pray? Yeah, pray and, you know, ask God for his forgiveness and um, ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to give you strength mm. to keep going. A good example of that would be David. Like, yep. we see he's committed adultery, he's murdered someone, he's done a lot of bad things in his life. Yet, God even God even said that he's a man after my own heart. Mm, for because sure. he prayed, he asked forgiveness. Mm. So, yeah, if we're discouraged, we just need to go to Jesus, hey? Yeah. We go, hey, God, look, stuffed up, I'm sorry, please help me to do better next time. But that doesn't mean that we can just go and do the same thing over again. Just, just no. to clarify, you just it can't. because yeah. it's our intentions. It's like, you know, when like a kid does something wrong, like, hey, go say sorry. And they're like, sorry. Yeah. Do they really mean they're sorry? Not really. They're only saying sorry because you told them to say sorry. Mm. Right? Are we saying sorry to God because, okay, if I just say sorry, he'll forgive me and I'll just do it again. It, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Mm. You know, we need to be sincere in our um, apology to God for breaking his law and being disobedient. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know those people you meet that, you know, they're saying something and they get it wrong. And then they just won't admit that they were wrong. Mm. Oh, like yeah. it's just you know we need to admit to God that we sinned, that we were wrong, and ask yep. Him to forgive us mm. to acknowledge our sin. That's it. All right, guys, let's sort of come to the end of our study. Now, at the end of each study, we have a response question, right? Because it's always good for us to respond to what we have learned. Now, our response question is: Do you desire? by the grace of God, to keep all of God's commandments and live a victorious Christian life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I encourage anyone that's out there that's thinking this and you've heard this question, think about your answer. And if you do desire, by the grace of God, to keep God's commandments and to live a victorious Christian life, then Mm. I encourage you to just read the Bible and pray to God to ask Him to come into your heart Mm. and ask Him to really give you because... Us of ourselves, we human, we don't even have the capability to love in the first place. Mm. We need to ask him for that ability to love because we don't even know what true love is. So ask him for that love and then we can love others and love God and the fruits of it will be the commandments. Oh, I agree with Noah. Just Mm. If there's anyone out there who needs this help, just ask God. Ask God and spend time with those like other Christians. They'll Mm. help your connection with God. Yeah, and if you would like to contact us about that, then you can email us at tablelandexplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you out in uh, making these decisions. Now, for me too, I definitely want to say yes to this response question. It is my desire to follow Jesus and to keep all his commandments because I love him. Well, thank you, Noah and Ethan, for coming into the studio today and doing this study with me. And we're so glad that our listeners were able to be here too, listening. And we pray that you just had an absolute blessed time as we did and learned more and more about how much God loves us. Now, we're just going to close in a word of prayer. So, Noah, would you like to pray for us, mate? Definitely. Sure. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for your blessings, Lord, and thank you that we could do this study, Lord. And I just ask that you please be with anyone who's just on a crossroads of deciding whether they want to ask you into their heart or not, Lord. Please just let the Holy Spirit work on their heart, Lord, and please help them to know that letting you into their heart is the best thing they'll ever do, Lord. For Jesus' sake, amen. 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 Thank you all for the prayer. Now, it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today we're giving away the book Ten Commandments Twice Removed. This book will answer all your critical questions on the law of God. Questions like, did the Ten Commandments exist before Mount Sinai? Were they nailed to the cross? How do we demystify Paul's writings about the law? Does man have the authority to change God's law? Is the law of God relevant for me today? And many more. If you would like this amazing book on understanding the law of God, then the code you need is hashtag TE22. Text that code to 04888880831 and our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we will get this book to you as soon as we can. We have a box full to give away, so if you want one, then you will get one. The code again is hashtag TE22. Text that code to 04888880831 to get your free copy of the book Ten Commandments Twice Removed. Our next study is called Rest for the Soul. Does God have a solution to current day issues with stress? Does the Bible suggest a practical plan to help us rest in a restless world? What did Jesus say to those weighed down with hard work and personal burdens? Join us next week as we discover the lost secret that will help you become a closer friend to Jesus and develop a happy and healthy reliance within a stressful world. Thanks for tuning in today to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we would like to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalms 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.